Hi, this is Al Milgram, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 96 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbonis, and we've got the best gosh darn co-host here with me today, and that is Mr. Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Vietnam. Wow. Wow, Rick. I, you know, if I close my eyes. Oh, please stop. <laughs> I I would have thought that was Henny Youngman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know you probably heard that once or twice uh, during your career, your military career. You would be surprised. Um you know, I was in Vietnam for several years, and uh, I heard that every morning. I'm not surprised. I, yeah. I would, did you set your alarm to it? Uh, no, my, it was my wife, actually. She, rolled <laughs> over and she woke me up and said, good morning, Vietnam. Go to work. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I do you have any re, any idea why that's my greeting to you today? Gosh, well, uh, I do know that uh, that classic Robin Williams film. Um was it was it the was it a biopic about Adrian Tarnauer? Yeah, is that, is that the guy? The, yeah. the radio we're not jockey. Covering, we're not covering Vietnam. him today. No. Oh yeah, in, in in Vietnam came out around nineteen eighty seven ish, right? Nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty seven. So would that have anything to do? Yeah, with, it actually, uh, with that? it actually came out December twenty third of nineteen eighty seven. So most of its um, most of its airing was in nineteen eighty eight to make it the number three top movie of 1988, even though it de- debuted December 23rd, 1987. And the comics that we're covering today came out in 1988. So I thought, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Tie it all together uh, with, with your personal history there and, and with the comics we're covering today. However, Bob, I got to tell you, I I'm, I'm looking at the 1988 top grossing movies and I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll share the top five. No, maybe I'll share the top 10. No, 15. Holy crap. Top 20. Like I could go on and on in these movies. Is that a good year? Oh, my God. All right. All right. I'm just going to roll through them. All right. All right. You do the number. I'll do the film. All right. You say number one. All I'll right. say the film. All right. Oh, should we count down? No. Let's count. No, you want to start with number one? I, there's so many. Yes. All right. All right. At number one. Who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> oh, that was a dirty bunny. <laughs> that I was almost a... greeted you with that. I almost <laughs> greeted you with that. That was a great, Bob. great movie. Huh? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one. There's Funny one. Edge. Yeah, that was, you know, yes. and, uh, Wow. Okay. Anyway, uh, number two, coming to America. <laughs> That's another classic, right? It was. Yeah. Where I was just, I just saw a movie. Gosh, was it a trailer? Was it a movie? I don't. Know. I went to see Thor this weekend with my son. Oh yeah. Fi- yeah finally, and uh, and I, it might have been a trailer or something, but there was a uh, some there, somebody, you know, quoted that movie in the. In the trail, and I was like, "Wow, that's a cultural touchstone now." Coming to America, yeah, classic. I I didn't see the sequel. 
I was like, it was fine. Was it okay? It was fine. Yeah? It was fine. Yeah. It's free streaming, you know? Yeah. How bad can it be, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Bob, we're going to be here all day. Okay. I heard number three. That was Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, all right. Number four. Big. Big. Another, uh, another great Tom one. Tom Hanks was great in that movie, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He certainly is. He's great in everything. That's yeah, true. So, uh, all right. Uh, number six. Or you skipped five. Oh, I'll come back to five. Number five. <laughs> now that's a knife. <laughs> oh, the, the Crocodile Dundee. Nice. Two. Crocodile Dundee 2. Number two. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm thinking about getting one of those Crocodile Dundee vests and a hat oh for my, my job. Oh, my God. Can you just keep going? <laughs> Six. Three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Not a fan. Not a fan oh. of the three men and a baby. The whole concept was. It's Steve Gutenberg, isn't it? It was a little bit of the Tom Selleck, Steve okay. Gutenberg. Yeah. And number seven. Cocktail. Oh, a little uh, Tom Cruise action. Yeah, that was right? a great soundtrack. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's one of the more forgettable Aruba, of his movies. Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. All right, we don't have time for this, right? Pretty mu- All right. Number eight. Moonstruck. Moonstruck? Was that Step a share? out of it. A little share movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go, All right. Come on, Number man. nine. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Hold <laughs> on. That's a beautiful one. That's a Christmas movie it right was. there. Yeah. And it came out in July yeah. of 1988, but right Die on. Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. All right. And number 10. Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Now, did I name a bad movie in any of those times? No, they're, they're well, Three Men and a Baby, you know. Oh, but not, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a preference thing, but definitely. Okay. Those were definitely. Uh, All right. I, I'm going to go yeah. through. I'm going to nail these real fast. All right. 11. Twins. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Here's yeah. 12. Concept. 12 is probably my favorite on the list. Okay. Ready okay. for this? Yep. Okay. Oh, no. Ken's coming to kill me. <laughs> now you're going to have to remind me what it was because it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, fish called Wanda. Fish called. <laughs> I was a huge Jamie Mike Lee Python Curtis, fan. yeah, oh, oh yeah, but man, John Cleese and Michael Palin, and then Kevin yeah. Kevin Klein. Oh, what a great yeah. movie! Yeah, thirteen, a little, uh, a little, uh, was it George Lucas, Willow, Willow. All right, they're coming out with a sequel to that too. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. Fourteen, The Naked Gun. The Naked Gun. Uh, surely, surely that was one of your best movies. It, it totally was. And don't call me Shirley. Uh, <laughs> but it was. Yeah, gets old. The Police Academy. <laughs> oh, not the, a Police Squad. Police oh, squad. yeah, yeah. I loved that show when I was a yeah, teenager. Yeah. Uh, here you go. 15, Scrooged. Scrooge, another great movie. 16, yeah. Rambo 3. Rambo 3. Okay. 17, okay. Bull Durham. Bull Durham, classic. 18, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Oh, man. 19, Kmart sucks. <laughs> what? What's 19? Rain Man. Rain. <laughs> right? Right, okay. That's a great movie. It 20, is a great movie. 20 Colors. Um, 21, Young Guns. Young Guns, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, with, yeah. with Charlie Sheen, Amelia Great Estevez. soundtrack. Got great soundtrack. Has been, on my, has, has been on my gym mixtape oh, nice. for decades. Okay. Yeah. All right. 22, Biloxi Blues. Mm-hmm. 
23, The Land Before Time. All right, all right. 24, here you go, John Candy, The Great Outdoors. Ah, John, 25, Oliver and Company, which was a Disney cartoon. And then here's, hell, I'll I'll go five more, ready? Do it, do it, right? Uh, 26, Big Business. I'm not sure if I remember that. I think it was a Disney movie. 27, Midnight Run. Midnight Run. Oh, yeah, scary movie. 28, The Deadpool. Not Deadpool, The Deadpool. You know, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. 29, Red Heat. Wasn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger? It was. It was a a Schwarzenegger film. 30, The Last Emperor. Yeah, sweeping, a sweeping film right there. I mean, I could still go. 31, The Accused. Yep, classic, classic. Right? Harrison Ford, right? Was that? Uh, no, no, that's no, the that witness. Was, uh, was it Jodie J- Foster? Jodie Foster, the old pinball machine yeah, yeah. story, right? right? Yeah. 32, yeah. To Kill a Sunrise. That was a, a great action flick. Uh, and then we got a few more here. I'll just, okay, here you go. 36, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Love that movie. 37, Broadcast News. Uh, we had Alien Nation, Gorillas in the Mist, uh, Married to the Mob, Punchline, another Tom Hanks movie with Sally Field, Shirt Circuit 2, Action Jackson, The Presidio, uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow, Police Academy 5, uh, Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I mean, Working Girl? <laughs> I, I holy crap i mean this was this was a good time to be in the movie theater yep 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 wow those were good years indeed um all right so what are we covering today i guess we should probably get to that huh oh yeah we got that we got to do that yeah there's comics involved yeah all right so we are in the series of the captain so this is a this is an eight-part series bob and mm-hmm. this is the penultimate part. This is, um, we did the road to the captains part one, two, and three. And that started way back with covering captain America, three twenty-seven. we're covering three twenty-seven through three fifty. This amazing 24 issue story, uh, that Mark Runewell put together with, um, John Walker taking over as captain America, Steve Rogers becoming the captain and if you if you missed any of these, you can you can go back and find them. They're pretty easy to find. Um, but the last one we did was the Captain Part Three, uh, and we had uh, a great guest on, James Foley. Oh, that was awesome, Rick. Yeah, Rick, he yeah. was. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Always yeah. always has so much to contribute. Absolutely, that was a great one. So if go back and if you haven't listened to that one, that is episode 92 so this is the captain part four we're going to cover captain america 345 through 347 today as i mentioned um these are coming out in late 1988 the um uh this particular first issue we're going to cover which is issue 345 um that one came out uh, had a cover date of september of 1988 the writer as i mentioned was mark runewald penciler kieran dwyer anchor al milgram colorist bob sharon letterer john morelli and the editor ralph macchio box on and we 
the you want to hear the solicitation for this back then? I sure do. I sure do, Rick. All right. So it was written in the previews catalog. When the watchdogs kidnap Captain America's parents, he sets out to rescue them, even if he has to kill the watchdogs to do it. Meanwhile, the captain surrenders to the commission that stripped him of his name and costume. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So we are sticking with the old format. We're going to go through this panel by panel. But don't forget, Bob, at the end, we're going to ask each other, what was your favorite panel? What do you feel is T-shirt worthy? And what do you want to put in the time capsule? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you go first this time. All right. All right. Looking forward to that. So on the cover here of um, issue 345, it's a really cool cover that is uh, done by Ron Friends and Al Milgram. Ron's been doing the covers, uh, a lot of the covers to this storyline. And it has a dual picture. So the logo, Captain America logo is in white and goes across the top. And then underneath you have uh, a figure of the captain and Captain America merging. So on the left-hand side, you have Steve Rogers, the captain in his black costume. And he's standing there with chains around his wrist. Behind him is the commission, including the guardsmen that are standing over him. On the right-hand side, we have John Walker as Captain America, and his hands are in chains. So it looks like it's just one costume person with their hands in chains. But Captain America has a noose around his neck, and he is in a, a barn, it looks like, and the watchdogs are behind him. And really big and bold at the bottom, what does it say, Bob? Surrender. And that is the title to this story that's a cool cover i love the i love the split uh the split cover um you get two for the price of one yeah you know yeah it's it's cleverly thought out so we go here and the big splash page is a close-up of captain america john walker looking at his uh handler in a um secure room that has monitors and it says the washington dc headquarters of the presidential commission on superhuman activities for months there have been rumors of his covert activities but our agents have never been able to catch him in the act and they're showing pictures of steve rogers as the captain still it was only a matter of time before he got cocky and went too far well, that's exactly what happened during our recent water crisis. Perhaps thinking he would be unspotted amid the citywide chaos, he actually broke into the White House and assaulted the president. Your mission, Captain, is to take whatever measures are necessary to apprehend this man, Steve Rogers, your renegade predecessor, the original Captain America. Bowstow and I would be happy to get on right away, but if you could spare any further details, it would, it would narrow our search immensely. And then we see uh, Battlestar standing next to Captain America. Very well. You know about how that terrorist organization run by this woman named the Viper managed to poison Washington's water supply with that strange chemical that made people act like snakes, right? Well, somehow Rogers gained 
inside knowledge of the operation and came to Washington with a number of his handpicked Confederates to participate in the melee. The Viper herself managed to infiltrate the White House and terrorize the president. Whether she had Rogers' help in breaking in, we do not know yet. But Rogers was spotted by the Secret Service men in the White House grappling with the president himself. Both Rogers and the Viper managed to escape the agents. But Rogers turned up a few hours later at a nearby police precinct to turn the Viper over to them. He barely gave them his statement, however, when he turned and ran off. Although that took place three days ago, we still have reason to believe he's in the Washington area. For whatever other character flaws Rogers has, he is known to be stubbornly loyal to his friends, and as a glance at the closed-circuit television monitor will reveal... We have three of his accomplices currently in custody, two thanks to your efforts. It is unlikely Rogers will leave the city without them. Who are his accomplices, sir? The two men taken into custody were Dennis Dumphy, a former unlimited class wrestler who goes by the alias Demolition Man, and Rachel Layton, a woman with a police record studded with numerous misdemeanors who is known professionally as Diamondback. The third, whom the police found lying beaten in an alley, is a former government operative named Jack Monroe, who worked as Roger's partner under the guise of Nomad. We've interrogated them repeatedly, but so far they've denied any working relationship with Rogers. About to try again. If we learn anything pertinent, you'll be notified. In the meantime, you may proceed in any way you see fit. It's imperative Rogers does not get away. He's operating in open violation of the mandates of the commission, and we must not allow it to continue. And then Cap and Battlestar leave, and they're in the hallway. Cap says to Battlestar, It's weird. Reading between the lines of what the commissioner said, it sounds like Rogers was actually trying to stop the Viper and save the president. They still want to hang him out to dry. The idea of confronting the old guy rattling the yard, old John? I don't think so. I have no doubt in my mind I could beat him. I could have nailed him in the first time we fought, when he was cap and I was super patriot, but it didn't seem worth the bother. When did that happen, Bob? That was way back in the pivotal issue of number 327, Rick. That is true, Bob, and we covered that in episode 70. Way back in 70? Yeah, I know, right? <clears throat> yeah. It's just that now I know what it's like to have a larger-than-life legend hanging around your neck 24 hours a day. I guess now I can appreciate what it must have been like for him constantly having to live up to his image. Only thing that bugs me about going after him is we still have some big unfinished business to attend to, namely that mutant resistance group that got the drop on us. Sure, we would like to settle their hash first. And we covered that, Bob. That was in issue 343, and we covered that and episode 92. Elsewhere in Washington at the moment. And here we have Steve and Sam in their costumes standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial. I really hate to leave you like this, Steve. While I was uh, gallivanting with you these past weeks, things have really gone to the dogs back on my home turf. I figure if I don't get back to Harlem immediately, everything I've tried to accomplish there is both Sam Wilson, social worker, and as the high-flying falcon will come permanently unglued. I understand, Sam. 
Thanks for all your help these past weeks, especially getting the word to the authorities about the toxin in the water supply. I just wish I could have done more. I feel really scummy taking off with Dennis and Jack still unaccounted for. Tell you what, if you can't find them by this weekend, give me a buzz and I'll fly down and pitch in for an afternoon, okay? It's a deal, Sam. Good luck and thanks again. You're a good pal. Don't let that stupid commission push you around, you hear? And Falcon flies off with Red Wing. I hear you, Sam. I was expecting another big lecture on how my passive resistance against the group who stripped me of my mass identity wasn't enough. Sam must be in a real hurry to get back. And it's, by the way, I, I think I forgot to mention, Bob, it's it's nighttime. Right, it is nighttime, yeah. And there's a kind of a, a military, um, you know, like a truck with the little, yeah, those like, canvases on like the a, back. Like a, what we call a five-ton truck you know, in the, back in the day. I was just about to ask you what they called them. Mm-hmm. Five-ton truck. The National Guard is still on the alert for any evidence of further serpentine hooliganism. Hooligan, 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 hooliganism? Hooliganism. Hooliganism. You can't, you can't say it slower. <laughs> hooligan, <impossible>. Hooliganism. <laughs> I want a hooliganism. All right. And speaking of snakes, I wish I could get back to upstate New York, clean out the headquarters of the Vipers' accomplices, but I can't leave D.C. until I find Nomad and D-Man. And then he he does a nice little uh, he does a nice little jump up to the shoulder. You know, every uh, time every time I see one of those those multiple positional movements, uh, I, I hear the six million dollar man. In my head. What what kid our age didn't run around in the neighborhood and make that sound at some point? Oh right. And then hearing the theme in our back in our in our minds. What was the theme? It was like Oh, I can't remember now. I just did James Bond. I was the wrong theme. I can hear it, but I can't replicate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm a sucker for these, you know, multiple caps jumping around in one panel, but it's really cool. Really well done. It was not so long ago that I greeted the sight of the authorities with open arms, but that is when I was Captain America, something of an authority figure myself. Ever since the commission decommissioned me for refusing to become their personal errand boy, and I adopted this new non-traditional guys, becoming furtive in the presence of authority has become second nature. I was lucky to be able to slip away from the police after turning the Viper over to them. Now that the water panic has abated and things are normally nearly back to normal, I'm sure they'd love to question me further about what I know. But until I find my friends, I can't afford to get tied up in red tape. It is, of course, a possibility that the police or the FBI have D-Man and Nomad in custody. I know that they've impounded the serpent saucers the Viper's crew traveled here with, and that was where I last saw the two of them, and Diamondback for that matter. I wish I knew how to contact Nomad's girlfriend, Vagabond, to see if she had heard anything, but I'm not certain which hospital in upstate New York she took Sidewander, or even if she'd still be there. What are they referencing there, Bob? 
You saw too, Rick, if you had read issue 341. Well, I did, Bob, and uh, we covered that in episode 87. And that's when the leader of the Serpent Society was poisoned by the Viper. And then Steve jumps down. Good. They're going. So what's my next step? If Nomad and D-Man are simply laying low like I am, why didn't they contact me through my hotline like the Falcon did? Guess I'll have to take off the conspicuous uniform and do some low-profile investigating. Meanwhile, in Custer's Grove, Georgia, at the home of Caleb and Emily Walker, who are they, Bob? They would be uh, John Walker's uh, Manny and Pappy. <laughs> and, and there's a whole bunch of people uh, staked out on their lawn. And there's a camera crew. There's people picnicking. There's like vans. There's cars. Uh, and it's dark. It's, it's kind of dark out. And he's got his porch light on. And Caleb Walker is standing there addressing uh, news reporters. Mr. Walker, why do you continue to deny that your son is a new Captain America? You must have seen it on the news. How is it the Washington press conference where Captain America announced that the original had retired? He was attacked by two costume terrorists, one of them who shouted that the new Cap was really John F. Walker of Custer's Grove, Georgia. Do you deny you had a son named John? Why would the terrorists claim your son was Captain America if it weren't true? Where is your son anyway? Mr. Walker, isn't that true that your son came to Custer's Grove for a visit a few months ago about the same time Captain America was slighted in this very vicinity, breaking up a local chapter of the Watchdog Vigilante Group? You yammer away with a million questions, and you don't let me say a word. Shut up already. As I told you jackals last night and the night before that, and for the past blessed month, my son is not Captain America. He would have told me if he was. I don't know my son's name got mixed up in all this, but it's all just a big mistake. Now, one last time, if you don't get your blasted cameras out of my face and your vehicles off my property, there's going to be the devil to pay. If you could just have your son come and talk to us. Caleb, I called the sheriff. He's sending somebody over again. Never does any darn good. They get chased off, but by morning, they come sneaking back. Sheriff Taylor would do more if he could, Caleb. He just doesn't have the men to give us round-the-clock protection. I know. Come on. Let's go in. And, Bob, I want to go back to that big old panel uh -huh. where he's on the porch. Right. And I, this is the first time I'm noticing, but in the background... Ooh. There is his pickup trucks half in, half out of his garage, and there's a shadow of somebody in his garage, and then you see a leg running behind the house. That's right. You know, I've never noticed that either. That's a good catch. But I like how they, they Mark set it up here just to to say, um, yeah, there's there's not around the clock protection, so there's nobody here to help them. Yeah. So they go into the kitchen and Caleb gets out his pipe and he starts lighting it and starts smoking. Now, it, I find it interesting. Uh, he doesn't have a speck of gray on him, but his wife's got completely white hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
I think it's all in the coloring. What do you think? Yeah. Well, maybe she's, you know, maybe he just likes older women. Oh, or maybe he's, maybe he also likes hair dye. <laughs> I could be as well. Right? I mean, it is blue after all. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish Johnny would call and let us know how this terrible misunderstanding came about. That's assuming he even knows. That boy's never been one for keeping up on the news. He might have not even heard about that Yahoo accused him of being that super fella. Caleb, you you don't suppose it could be true, do you? Our son, Captain America? Dang door. And he closes the back door that was open. Hmm. Well, the boy always did have a patriotic streak in him, particularly after Mike died over in Vietnam. I don't know. I, I can't see a son of mine prancing around in tights. If it were true, I'd be awfully proud of him. Captain America's not like the other super fellers you hear about. He's something special, almost like the president. If they figure Johnny was good enough to be him, let's not get carried away, Emma, and they're walking upstairs. Johnny's a good lad, but he's always had a, a drifter in him. I can't see him sticking at one. <gasps> Caleb! And he drops the uh, pipe out of his mouth. Why, Bob? Well, there happens to be four um, of the watchdogs there pointing guns at him, Rick. One, and one of them looks a lot like a leprechaun. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> what is, it looks like he has a bowler hat on with a with a like a you know the one standing it like looks like he's in a closet you know looks like he's got a four-leaf clove <laughs> on the front of his uh on the front of his bowler hat i don't know to me it looks like to be a watchdog i know but it looks like an angry angry leprechaun to me <laughs> good evening mr and mrs walker if you both keep very very quiet no one will get hurt and he has a really creepy smile the next morning, over Washington D.C., and we see what kind of helicopter is that, Bob? That's a that's a badass helicopter. It's got some Stinger missiles. It's got some yeah. Gatling guns. What you know what that reminds me of? Uh, another classic. Uh, was that a 1980 movie, Blue Thunder? Oh yeah, yeah. remember that one? They made a yeah. TV series out of that. Like they briefly. did. I think it had Ernest Borgnine. Yes, mistaken, exactly. Right? Yeah. What kind of helicopter is this, Bob? That is a made-up helicopter. No gas, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the only thing our manhunt for Steve Rogers has accomplished is to get me caught up on my sleep. The police have an all-points bulletin out on the guy, and there's thousands of them. What do they need us for? I guess that, that once the police spot them, we're supposed to step in and take over. We're already airborne. We can get there that much faster guy's a pro no one's gonna spot him unless he wants to i still say we ought to, to dream up something to draw him out in the open you know like putting on his buddy's costumes or something that's not a bad idea lamar let's get the commissioner on the horn and then just then on tv it looks like cnn hold it johnny something's on the news Yeah, that's interesting. Like they're actually getting away with a CNN. It does it does? It, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, it I mean, does usually look they like put CNN. a fake something in, right? Yeah, yeah.
Rubble in Custer's Grove, Georgia, late last night, the militant censorship group known as the Watchdogs are believed to be behind the kidnapping. It has yet to be determined why the walkers were targeted by the Watchdogs, but, and then, man, we see John just, like, go from zero to 100. And he's angry. And he's like, the walkers? Mom and pa? Those buzzers now my mom and pa. And he picks up the phone. Commission. This is Captain. No, no, we haven't. Something important's come up, sir. I need to take some time off. You see, my parents have been. What? What's that? And he crushes the phone in his hand. Ah! He, uh, he won't let you take off. I'll take it. Doesn't matter. I'm going anyway. I'd love to go with you, John. You know that. We can't both go AWOL. Tell you what. You go. I'll stay in cover for you. Okay? Whatever. I can handle those sons of dogs all by myself. And then we get back to the jail cell. And we have Jack and Dennis in one cell and um, Rachel in another. This really bites. This is the second time since we got together with Cap that we've been tossed in the slammer. The difference is, this time, we're not being held by the police, but by the commission. Big sticking deal, dweeb man. A slammer is a slammer. I'm not worried. If my boss man, Sidewinder, is still alive, and I have every reason to believe he is, he'll find me and we'll get out of here. He owes me for saving his life. How will we know to look here, Diamondback? This is a secret installation. All of the Serpent Society members have special homing devices surgically implanted in our skulls. Look, he's here. What did I tell you? Sidewinder, teleporting with my chick, Thagabound. Hello, Nomad. Good evening. You got some apologizing to do before things are Jake with us, Priscilla. What's Jake with us, Bob? <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever used that uh, particular phrase i'm not sure where that comes from rick have you have you heard that one or used it before uh i no, i can't say i have i mean i i i've i've said you know fred with us i i've no, said I can i be I, frank with you <laughs> yeah but uh, jake with us huh i don't know i haven't heard that one before what does the expression everything is jake mean it means everything is in good order hmm. Does it does it give you uh, a background? Aside from the film title referring to the main character, it is also a slang expression from the Roaring Twenties in the United States, meaning mm. everything is in good order. Everything's Jake. Yeah, it's Jake. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's what's, weird. What's I buzzing, was, cousin? Uh, he pulls something from the nineteen twenties. Well, come on, Bob. I mean, he, he grew up in the he grew up in the 30s and 40s. I mean, don't we say stuff slang from the 70s? Right. I, 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 I mean, how many times do we say the word awesome? I mean, that that was totally an 80s thing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a right? good point. Yeah. And I, I just said totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just awesome. It's totally awesome. Exactly. Right. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> So Diamondback uh, goes up to Sidewinder. Good to see you, boss. Look, I want you to do me a favor. 
Nomad and D-Man help me out. I want you to teleport them out, too. But they are do-gooders. If not for these do-gooders, the Viper would have taken over the society. Let me carry you out first. We'll discuss this outside. See, Asidey? Is that snake-faced sneak nuts? I'm not letting them spring me out of this federal lockup. Don't worry, Dennis. It's safe. He carried me all the way here from upstate New York. That's not the point, Vagabond. The point is it's illegal to escape. What Cap would do is stay and face the consequences, just like he did in Las Vegas. You're stupider than I ever suspected, D-Man. Cap doesn't always know the right thing to do. If he did, he would have stood up for this commission nonsense to begin with. Stay behind if you want. If Snakeface returns, I'm blowing this pop stand. Doesn't he mean popsicle stand? Yeah, it is popsicle stand. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Sidewinder comes back. Diamondback has convinced me to free you. Who will go first? Take Vagabond first. Then me. Dunderhead over there wants to stay. Very well. Ready, my dear? Um, wait a minute. I, I think D-Man's right. Cap would have wanted us to do the criminal thing and escape. Siding with the big D over me, huh? That figures. You've been drooling over that muscle-bound meathead from the start. Well, I've had it up to here with you, lady. Take me out of here, Sidewinder. Leave the two dimballs here to rot. Should I try to stop this clown? Oops, too late. Farewell, Vagabond. I enjoyed your company. If you ever want to earn some real money, give me a call. Sure. Oh, Jack, I'm so sorry it had to end like this, but you're right about my, how I've had my eye on D-Man. Bound chicken, bound, bound. Right, finally, finally. She's showing some taste. Custer's Grove, Georgia, that evening, and we see John Walker, Captain America, coming up to the house, but it has police line, do not cross. He can't, he can't make it into the house, Bob. It's almost like too high to jump over and too low to uh, do that. What, what's that? The limbo? Yeah, the limbo under, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And they, they know where just to put that stretchable Perfect yellow plastic. Yeah. Place is dark. What I expect? Wish I had visited more. I love this old farmhouse, this front porch. Remember all those hot summer nights? Pa just sat on that creaky old rocker smoking his pipe. Used to climb up on his lap and pull on his beard until he gave me a puff. He chuckled as I coughed myself hoarse. <laughs> well, that sounds like a great dad. <laughs> here, here, clear your throat with some whiskey. <laughs> Doors unlocked. Folks never locked it too trusting for their own good. And then the phone rings. He picks it up. Walker, is that you? Yes. Want to see your folks again? Yes. Here's what you do. And then we cut to Washington, D.C., and we see Steve in his uniform. He is at a payphone in a booth and he's got the payphone hooked up to his briefcase because it's got like a little computer modem in there. It's been six hours since I last checked my hotline, a top priority message. Is it? Yes. The code name means that it's authentic and it reads cap. Meet me at Michael O's saloon, Bethesda after midnight tonight. 
Ginger Rogers, Marilyn Monroe, Nomad. So the code, Bob, was Ginger Rogers, Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. Why do why do I want to feel like that's part of a song? Is that is that I from Billy song. Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire? Is that like I, how it I, goes? I can't I can't Ginger I Rogers, Marilyn Monroe. But I always thought that would be a great college course. Oh yeah? Just to use that song as the basic structure of a history course where you cover everything that's mentioned in the song. That would be really cool. You know, because cool. it's, chron- it's basically chronological. Yes. So you could just cover the whole damn thing in the yeah. semester. You know, there's people out there who don't like that song. That's ridiculous. I was listening one time. I was driving, uh, and I, I think it was, I don't know if I was on Sirius XM or something like that. They were doing like the top 50 or the top 100 Billy Joe songs. And that song was like towards the bottom. Like the guy was just like, yep, can't stand this song. It's just blah, blah, blah. Like he went on a whole tirade about it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I came, I heard it a couple weeks ago. I came home and I told my wife this. I was like, I should put together a syllabus and teach this as an elective uh, course mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the university. Cause I think it'd be really cool. And then she said, she's like, yeah, but you're like, She's like, hey, some kids, you know, probably won't be that interested in it. And I said, well, who, who would be interested in a history course? And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I said, you know, I, I think I know, you know, because every time that song comes in, uh, comes on, I try to, 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 how many of these things do I know that I could explain or at least tell you the broad details? And it's, you know, it's like 98%. There's a couple, couple, few in there that probably don't know. And she's like, most people don't, you know, they wouldn't have any idea what the hell is going on. They just think it's a bunch of gobbledygook names. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a shame. That's why we got to have a course. Exactly. Yeah. I think, hey, listeners, you need to sign sign Bob's petition. Yeah. Yeah. And do a chip in while you're at it. <laughs> so later that night, we have uh, Steve in his, he's got an overcoat on. Right, very uh, inconspicuous, mm-hmm. and he's going into Michael O's saloon in Bethesda. This is the place Nomad mentioned. Wonder why he chose a tavern. And then in the back of the tavern, all the way back booth, there's Nomad sitting there, and he yells out, "Hey, hey, Steve Arino, back here!" And of course, everybody turns and looks at Steve, and. Here's a guy walking in with a trench coat <laughs> and some right uh, and some red uh, buccaneer boots or right. cavalier boots, depending right. on what, how you want to call them. Swashbuckler boots, right? Yes. <laughs> None of my partners have been big drinkers. Can't afford to be in a line of work where mental acuity can make the difference between life and death. Hmm. And there's a guy sitting uh, in a stool at the counter. Dude's got red boots on. Must be a fruit. And he goes back to the booth and uh, Jack looks a little inebriated here. He does, yes. Glad you got my message. You're just in time to celebrate with me, Stevie. Judging by the pyramid of mugs and his slurred speech, Nomad's drunk. What's going on, Jack? Where's D-Man? The weed man's in the slammer. So's my chick, you know, Priscilla. Can you believe it, Steve? She dumbed me for that muscle-bound ditz brain. Hold on. I'm not sure I'm following you. You were in jail? And how did Vagabond get here from upstate New York? 
the snake guy, Sidewinder, teleporter her in. He's the, he's the one who zapped Diamondback and me out of there. The big D wanted to play martyr and stay behind. Not me. What precinct are they at? Cops don't have them. The commission does. The commission? Hmm. I have a feeling you're just being used to get to me. Guess I'm going to have to get them out of there. I got no use for either of those lamos, Steve. But if you want help storming those commission creeps, count me in. That's the kind of pal I am. What you what are you waiting for? Let's go get them. And he stands up. You misunderstood. I'm not going to storm the commission. I'm going to surrender myself to them and negotiate the release through legal channels. You nuts? I thought you were a fighter, Cap. Really gone soft on me. Only a jerk would go in there for any reason except to bust heads. I can't help anyone as far gone as you. You want to play the wimp? Go ahead. I'm out of here. Pick up a bar tab, okay? It's funny when I was reading this and he was walking out, uh-huh. the first thing I said to myself was, he's not paying his bill. <laughs> and then I get to the part where he's like, pick up my bar tab. I wonder if like Mark threw that in because Kieran drove, you know, like, you know, yeah. drove leaving. So somewhere outside Custer's Grove, Georgia, we have John Walker Cap walking into Simon's Roadhouse. I think it's named after Joe Simon. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh-huh. on the window, there's a picture of a beer and it says King Kirby on tap. Mm, sounds good. So we got Frost. Simon and Kirby here on the side. Nice. Strongman beer. No one under 21 allowed. There's a bunch of big old pickup chucks mm-hmm. all sitting around there. Yeah. This is where they told me to go. I know they're lying and wait for me, but I don't dare try anything fancy. Now with my parents' lives at stake. And he walks in and it's completely dark. Those basset hounds harm a hair on my folks' heads. I swear I'm going to kill them all. I'm here. And then the lights come on and there's like a dozen watchdogs all painting, pointing their guns at him we see that walker set the shield down nice and slow one false move and your mom power dog me i will not lay down my shield until you show me your hostages are still alive hostages still don't want to admit they're your folks huh you're in no position to make any demands captain replacement america he's right blast him okay here you can have it he tosses the shield Got to pray they don't decide to just waste me right here on the spot. Okay, hero man. Now you're going to blindfold and handcuff you, stick you in a car, and take you to see your kin. Any problem with that? No. There's a, a big old Confederate flag up on the wall and some picture of an eagle and uh, some other things. As I'm not, as if I'm not vulnerable enough without my shoes. I'm really be at their mercy blindfold. On the other hand, my parents are not here. If I want the watchdogs to take me where they are, I'm going to have to play along. And then the next panel, he's in the back of a car with his blindfold on. Look, I don't care what you do with me. You just let those old folks go. They haven't done anything. They've done plenty. They've enabled us to get our paws on the guy who put 32 of our dog brothers in jail. And then... We cut to 
next page, and it's dawn the next day, Washington, D.C., and Steve, as the captain, walks up to the guard. I'm here to see the Commission on Superhuman Activities. Oh, right. You have an appointment? I don't need one. And then there he is back in that hall with that huge, you know, U-shaped, horseshoe-shaped desk with all the people high up looking down on Steve. And he's surrounded by four guardsmen. And these are, you know, in the those green guardsmen outfits. So, Steve Rogers, here you are again. The last time you were here, you left this chamber with your head held high, mouthing a few sanctimonious words. This time, you stand before us accused of conspiracy to commit sedition, breaking and entering the White House, assault and battery against the president, aiding and abetting known felons, and failure to pay back taxes. Face it, Rogers, we've got you right where we want you. Why does the commission have it in for me so badly? Was it a mistake to turn myself in like this? Were Nomad and Falcon right all along? Should I have aggressively opposed these people from the start? With all those trumped-up charges leveled against me, have I walked into a fight I cannot win? Meanwhile, outside Custer's Grove, so we're at the that barn that I told you about on the cover, and it's late at night, and they've got John with his mask off, but his, his uniform's still on, and he's handcuffed behind his back, and they're there's dozens of watchdogs, and they're they're bringing him inside the barn. Dog brothers, we have the traitor. The dawn's almost all set, pack leader. Take the blindfold off and unmask him. I could snap these cuffs in a moment, but I'll have to wait to make my move till I can save my folks. The walkers. Let me see the walkers. All in good time, ugly. And he puts his shotgun right up in his face. Up the ladder. And don't try anything funny or the geezers get it. They're planning to hang me, just like the tribe of Lamar the first time we clashed. And that was back in issue 335, Bob. Long time ago, Rick. It is. We covered that in episode 79. Lamar's augmented neck muscles enabled him to withstand strangulation. Hope mine will do the same. Into the noose, Blondie. Not until I see the walkers unharmed. Sure, Johnny boy, we'll let you see them. After all, we wouldn't want them to miss their sons hanging. Bring out the hostages. And if his cover wasn't blown before, it is now. <laughs> yeah. So she says, Johnny, oh, Lordy, it's true. That's him in the outfit. What have you gotten yourself into, boy? Ma, pa. They don't seem to be hurt. Okay, then. How am I going to rescue them? Don't get no fancy ideas, Captain, unless you want lead in your head. Oh, Johnny. Johnny. You can use my barrel as your hanky, you old bag. Get my boy down from there, cool it, Pops. I've got to make my move. Time's running out. What can I do? What can I do? Dog brothers, standing before us is the man who would see our moral crusade crushed, an ally of indecency, the disgrace of the nation. It is our secret. What? And just then, 
Johnny leaps forward off the stand to swing from his neck. And the uh, watchdogs below start firing their weapons at him. Just thought of what to do. He's trying to escape. Shoot. He gets shot in the shoulder. But he breaks open his, his chains and he swings. Hope I got enough of a swing to get me enough slack to, and then he uses the slack to pull down um, from the rope that's hanging around his neck to basically break the, the wood beam over his neck. So it's still tied to the rope. And then he's using that to swing around and hit people with it. And he's kicking and crushing people. Okay, dog food, my turn now. I like I like that calling them dog food. <laughs> Gotta move fast. Draw all the fire. Hope they forget mom and pa. And he looks like he's shot in the leg, too. Don't have my shield. You'll do. And he picks up one of the, the watchdogs and uses him as a shield as he's getting fired on. So many of them. Can't take them out fast enough. And then he hears his mom and pa scream those voices and when he turns his head he looks so you know really worried mm-hmm. and they are getting shot down all over pretty gruesome I remember 18 year old Rick reading this going whoa who kills somebody's parents in the comics I mean for crying out loud I know and it's not even off panel like yeah. we're actually seeing them get shot and like right blood and head and everything yeah they're just civilians and just then john takes it to a whole nother level and he just goes berserk and he starts killing everybody and he's using their weapons to smash in their face and he takes a guy and he throws him through a beam, takes a pitchfork, throws it through a guy. And that was pretty gruesome too. Yeah. Yeah. He's going wild like a mad beast. I better get out of here. And he swings his noose around someone else's neck and snaps their neck, throws him up at the beam. And the beam, that was a support beam, which made everything cave in. And we look, and there's all these dead watchdogs everywhere. And his parents are in pools of blood. And then he he sits on the on the ground and he takes both parents and pulls them close to him. Ma, pa, I did it. I beat them all. Every last mother's son. I saved you. Didn't you see? Oh shucks. You don't have to thank me. That's what sons are for. Yeah, yeah. I know I should have told you about my new job. Tell you what, Ma. I'll take you home and you can fix a picture of lemonade. And we'll all just sit a while and talk. The end. That's crazy, Rick. That's a little creepy, right? Yeah, that is. That's, uh... Yeah. That's not something you see a lot in comics, right? 
I know. Uh, Especially back then. Exactly. I mean, you know, this was getting close to the 90s, which was kind of like that dark, gruesome age, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But if you really think about it, you know, this was, um, you know, I mean, not something you saw in Marvel. And and it did have the Comics Code Authority on it, Bob. That's true. It did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next issue, issue 346. Um, this one is also the covers by Ron Friends and Al Milgram. Uh, same creative team as before. And on the cover here, um, you have John Walker's Captain America holding up two members of the resistance. Remember them from a few issues ago? I sure do. And then behind them is uh, the Freedom Force. And the blurb says, from the pages of X-Men comes Freedom Force. Bob, do you remember the Freedom Force? You know, I, I really don't, Rick. Um, I, you know, just a vague, fleeting recollection. Yeah, so back then... Um, in the X-Men books, Freedom Force was a government-sponsored uh, version of the, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So you had, you know, Blob and Pyro and Avalanche, as we've seen them before. But now you also have Mystique and uh, a few other, like four other members, I want to say. Um, so here we are um, now, you know, because talking about the commission – um, John and Lamar are working for, but now uh, so does the Freedom Force. And I, I forgot to mention in the last uh, issue up in the corner box is that um, version of, of John Walker's cap and Lamar's Battlestar sitting there or standing there back to back, and uh, which was done by Kevin McGuire. Mm-hmm. Not too many people know that. Uh, and the title to this one, just like the last issue, is again big and bold at the bottom, and it is ambush. So we cut this opening splash, and we see John Walker in his Captain America uniform, uh, but he's got his mask off, and he's sitting in a jail cell on a bench. He's got bandages all over him because remember he's been shot many times. And on the other side of the jail is we see Lamar. And a couple of like the sheriff and a deputy. And then we see um, one of John's handlers. I think if I'm not mistaken, Rick, that is one of those big belly sheriffs we uh, hear so much in songs like um, uh, what's what's that song about the big belly sheriff? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know? Nope. Never heard of it. Woman sang it, had about Georgia. I don't listen to country. Well, it's not a country song, but it was in, it was in the seventies. Okay. It'll come. It'll come to me. It's like it's like in the movie The Blues Brothers when they go into that that bar and we have we got two kinds of music here: country and western. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. Um, uh, so there's um, Lamar thinking to himself, "Man, he's just staring off into space like he's a zombie or something." And the sheriff says. Hey, Captain America, you got some visitors. Captain, what have you done with him? He looks drugged. 
Ain't done a thing, Mr. Samish, except to patch up his wounds a bit. Cappy, Cappy, it's me, Battlestar. Johnny, are you all right? What happened? We heard that your parents... Yes, my parents. And he and he's just saying it's so devoid of any emotion. Like he's completely snapped. The watchdogs took them hostage so they could get me to surrender. They wanted to make me pay for busting up their radical moral crusade. I surrendered myself to them like they wanted waited for my chance to rescue my folks. But as soon as I did, the dogs opened up fire, gunned down Ma and Pa in cold blood. I tore into them, really let loose. I made them pay for what they did, but of course it didn't bring my Ma and Pa back. Tore into them is right, left nine dead, three in critical condition, and 13 wounded. Good Lord, how is he ever going to live this down? Man, I should have been there with you, John. I mean, none of this might have happened. There's nothing you couldn't have done, Lamar. Don't sweat it. I tried covering for you to the commission, but this was just too big. I know you did your best. Come on, Captain. We'll see about getting you out of here. And the sheriff talks to him as he's filling out paperwork. I ain't want to tell you feds how to run your business, Mr. Samish, but... Don't you think this new guy you hired will be to be cap is a little too wild for the job? Sheriff Oakley, the captain will be fully censured for his actions, as well as stand criminal charges if there are any filed. In the meantime, I could do without your opinion. Uh, sure. Hey, Rick, I just want to point out it was it was the night the lights went out in Georgia. Oh, OK. I've heard yeah. of that song. Yeah. Classic by Vicky like- Lawrence. Vicki Lawrence, yes, from uh, Carol Burnett. Right, right. Night the lights went out in Georgia. Bill, big belly sheriff and the judge who had to get home, get tucked into his dinner. How could I? Have, how could I have missed that? What year did that come out? I don't know. What? You're on the Google right now, looking this up. Oh, uh, <laughs> gosh. Right. I, I, yeah, it's it's true. What? Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, 1972, I guess. 1972. How about that? Yeah. I didn't know it was that old. Meanwhile, to the north in Fort George G. Med. Uh, Mead. Yeah, that too. So uh, they're in a military base. I was not aware that there were holding facilities here at the Special Powers Compound, Douglas. What with the nature of some of the personnel we house here. It seemed prudent to prepare for every contingency. Lieutenant, the door. Yes, sir. And then who's in the jail cell but D-Man. You guys again? Interrogation time, Mr. Dumphy. I don't know anything I haven't already told you clowns yesterday or the day before that or the day before that. Look, holding me here without charging me without anything violates my constitutional rights. I demand to see a lawyer. I demand, sit down, Mr. Dunphy. Okay, okay. You don't know what you're charged with? I can correct that oversight. You're charged with aiding and abetting a traitor to the United States in several acts of sedition. Traitor? What are you talking about? 
You know full well I'm talking about Steve Rogers, Mr. Dumphy. Oh, great. My fellow prisoner, Vagabond, must have revealed her connection with the original captain. Meanwhile, in the Colorado Rockies, 30 miles from the federal penitentiary for superhuman offenders known as the Vault. And we have the resistance up on their flying boulder. And they're firing down on this particular um, armored truck that is going on a around a mountain bend. My wall of flame slowed them down, meteorite. Good. Quill. Miss, Miss Mistress, be ready to move out. I'm taking us in. Ah, that's one way to stop a runaway truck. And they caught it on fire and it ran into a, the mountain. Here comes the guardsmen. Go to it, woman. And the guardsmen come out and they're firing. But she jumps onto the truck. And uh, they're getting hit with needles. And uh, one of them's thinking, I knew these suits weren't as good as the ones Iron Man wrecked. <laughs> so Mist Mistress um, is using some sort of acid uh, on top of the, the armored thing to open up the, make a hole. Shouldn't take more than half a minute for my acid gas to burn through the top of this truck. I did it. Uh, hi, I'm well, never mind. Please drop that gun or I'll have to melt that metal suit of yours. Sorry, I warned you. And there's a prisoner there in a like a red jumpsuit, and he's got this metal helmet over top of him, and then his hands are tied behind his back. Hey, what? Hey, what's going on? I demand a Oh, relax, Mr. Flum. We've come to liberate you. You mean I'm not going to the vault? Not if we can help it. You, crucible. Better chill out those flames of yours. There's a lot of gas. Leaking from that truck. Up, oh, never mind. And it blows up. Hey, who are you? Why are you doing this? We are the resistance, Mr. Flum. A militant group violently opposed to the Mutant Registration Act. We wish to recruit a mutant, ta mutant of your talents. Later in the Washington, D.C. office of the head of the commission, and we have John standing there at attention, but again, devoid of any emotion. What got into you, Walker? You were ordered not to interfere with watchdog business, but you did it anyway. You went in, lost your head, and now over a dozen people are dead or critically injured. We got rid of the original Captain America because of his inability to obey orders. Now you pull something like this. Do you think we're going to be able to cover this up? Do you expect us to let you go on being Captain America after the damage you've done to the franchise? Well, I don't know, sir. Go on. Get out of here. Turn in your shield and uniform to ordinance. You're suspended until further notice. Dismissed. Now what? Do we try to sweep this mess under the rug? Do we get ourselves another man to play Captain America? I'd better report this to my superior. See what he'd have me do. And he pushes a button. And a secret monitor comes up on the wall, Bob. Always wanted one of those. And there's a guy in shadow, a red shadow, and uh, looks Caucasian, muscular, perhaps blonde. And he's smoking a cigarette, but out of a long cigarette holder. 
and he's wearing a three-piece suit, sitting in a very royal-looking chair. That's Rockwell, sir. Sorry to bother you, but something's come up. The new man we got to be Captain America has really screwed up. Yes, I know. You do? Oh, well, then I was wondering how you suggest we handle this situation. I was beginning to think we should just junk the whole cap concept of Captain America. No, Rockwell. The concept of Captain America is important to the American people, the world, to me. You may discipline John Walker however you like, but I want you to keep him as Captain America at all costs. Furthermore, send him back into action as soon as possible. But, sir, the, the man is a loose cannon, and any time he, he may go off and... Sorry, sir, whatever you say. What about the watchdogs incident, the deaths? Cover it up as best as you can. Yes, sir. One last thing, Rockwell. I want you to arrange for the taskmaster to escape from your detention center. Without him, good labor is hard to come by. That is all. Keep me posted. Yes, sir. Oh, he was no help. Later at Fort Meade, we see... John undressing from his uniform and Lamar's there talking to him. He told you to pack it in? I can't believe it. One little mistake and they hang you out to dry. That really stinks. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. They sack you, I'm out of here too. No, Lamar. Don't do it. Don't throw away your career on account of me. Look, John, last I check, it's still a free country. I won't threaten to quit or anything, but I am going to give that head jerk on the phone and give him a big piece, fat piece of my mind. Check you later. I'll go to Val Cooper's office. She's got a direct line to the head commissioner's desk. Man, I can't believe this bureaucratic bull. And then over the intercom. Battlestar, re please report to the briefing room at once. I repeat, Battlestar, please. Shoot. I heard you already for crying out loud. And he gets in there. And who's there, Bob? Uh, isn't is that the, uh, the the Freedom Force that you mentioned? It is. Hmm. So we have here um, Mystique. Mystique's there. She kind of like is the leader, mm -hmm. and then okay. Destiny is her friend, who kind of is like the one who can. Um, so Mystique shapeshifts. Right. Destiny can see the future. Uh, we already know Blob. He's that mm -hmm. the big heavy heavy guy that he's hard to move. Uh, we know Pyro, who's who can control fire, avalanche, who can control rocks. Um, but then there's four others here that we have not seen before. Now there's Spiral, and she is, uh, she's got six arms. And she is uh, from, from uh, the story of Longshot. And uh, out of the pages of X-Men. And then we have three other guys who are actually from, I want to say World War II era. But somehow really? they're still alive. So we had the Crimson Commando. He, uh, I think he's just kind of like a, a good fighter. Uh, we have Super Saber. Um, and he. Uh, Hold on, don't he, I get those in the mail once a week? <laughs> that's a Super Saber, Bob. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Yes. Super Saber, I think he runs fast. And then Stonewall. He's uh, a really 
big guy, uh, strong. I think he has powers like the blob, like he can't be moved, but I'm not sure. Mm. And then uh, Battlestar comes in. Uh, but um, Battlestar, there you are. Please be seated. Hey, hey, hey everybody, look who's here. Battlestar. <laughs> You're right, Blobby, oh, mate. Oh, great. Those Freedom Force Phoebes are here, too. Don't tell me they're going to make me team up with them. And then Valerie starts talking about the Resistance. Your attention, people. Here at the screen is a member of the Resistance. They're an organization of superhuman beings, presumably mutants, who are trying to subvert the Mutant Registration Act. They've been quite active this past month, responsible for the liberation of six unregistered mutants across the country. We don't yet know how many resistance there are. Reports indicate as many as seven of them. We want those radicals stopped, stopped quickly, before they do any more damage. The plan is to stage trial for a no mutant in order to lure them out in the open. Then we get to pope them, right? No, Blob. Then we allow them to liberate the defendant. Huh? With any luck, the resistance will take her to the headquarters. Then she'll signal us and we'll launch a full-scale attack on their assembled ranks. Not very original. That's just what they had John and me do with the watchdogs on our first mission. Buck, or Battlestar, you're the only one here who's encountered resistance. Yeah, and he got your butt thrashed. Do you have anything to add? Just a question. What about Captain America? Oh, he will not be working with you for the foreseeable future. I have a question, Mr. Samish. What mutant are we going to set, get to stand trial? Quicksilver. Quicksilver? Mystique, if you would. And then just then, Mystique transforms into Quicksilver. Oh, I get it. And then one of uh, Walker's handlers comes in. He's laying there on the cot. Walker? And he sits up. Yes, sir. The commission has discussed your situation at some length and has reached a decision. Walker's so impassive. Hard to read. We have decided that we have too much invested in you at this point to discard you after such a short period of service. The bottom line is there may still be some repercussions from this watchdog affair that we can't shield you from. But in the meantime, we're going to give you one more chance to redeem yourself. But you disobey the slightest order. Step out of line in any way whatsoever. You are gone. Do you understand me? Yes. Okay, get dressed. We're going to have you back up Freedom Force for a while. Whatever you say, sir. Meanwhile, somewhere beneath the arid sands of Death Valley, California, Marvin Flum, welcome to the stronghold of the Resistance. Interesting setup you have here, um, meteorite. Tense, pitched amidst high-tech squalor. What is or what was this place? We're not certain who built it, Mr. Flum, but it was last employed by our fellow mutant Mesmero. This fortress is all but destroyed in a battle with the original X-Men, but we hope to restore it to its former grandeur. Way back when, Bob. Yeah, it seems that was back in X-Men number 52. Why do you 
people will insist on calling me by my real name. I'm much more comfortable with my nom de guerre, Mentalo. Many of us are known mutants like yourself, Mr. Flum. We've been obliged to discard our old aliases and assume new ones in order to regain our anonymity. Occult is right. Some of us, like him, Paralyzer, Crucible, and myself, have even worked as the government's special mutant force. That is until the committee that organized us lost its funding and the so-called Freedom Force took our place. But you know all this from reading my mind, Mr. Flum. You're a telepath. What's he referring to, Bob? You know, I, I believe, uh, if I'm reading this properly, Rick, that is, um, comes from Captain America Annual Number 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mr. Flum, no more shall you call yourself Mentalo. Would you like us to help you to come up with? No need, Mr. Lathrop, a.k.a. Lifter, now known as Meteorite. From now on, you can call me Think Tank. He puts on a helmet. He looks like RoboCop. We've been hoping to add a mutant of your abilities to our ranks for some time now, Mr. Uh, Think Tank. I know. Come on, I'll show you how we track down our kind. And in a courtroom outside Carson City, Nevada, the mock trial of Quicksilver nears the end of its fourth day. And it's a trial, all right. And we have uh, Blob as the judge, Pyro as the, I think he's the defense attorney. And I think Stonewall is the other one. Because he says, and furthermore, Judge Blob, I contend that the defendant, Petro Quicksilver, whatever his last name is, can't be considered an evil mutant just because he once belonged to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Fair enough. Objection, Your Honor. Objection? What are you objecting to, mate? Well, hell, on uh, L.A. law. Now, wait a minute. This is a fake trial. I can object to whatever I bland well want. Simmer down, Stonewall. Order. Order in the court. You guys keep backing up on and I'll sit on you. And he's pounding the gavel. Meanwhile, outside, and we see John Walker, Captain America, up on the rooftop with binoculars looking on the courthouse. And coming in hot behind him are two boulders. I see it, Paralyzer. The courthouse. Brag, brag, brag. I don't know why Meteorite always chooses me for these combat missions. I'm a bookkeeper for criminy's sake. Meteorite. It's ju I just tapped their minds. It's a trap. Quicksilver's not there. They're all government agents. Freedom forcers. Is that so? Well, it's fortunate we recruited you when we did, Think Tank. As much as I hate to war against fellow mutants, we must destroy the Freedom Force, or they will surely destroy us. And by the way, Think Tank is now uh, in a... How would you describe that, Bob? It looks uh, like a mini tank. I mean, it's got treads, but it's got some... Uh, looks like some, some robotic arms coming off the four corners that allows it to... Uh, like clamp onto the surface of that uh, that big boulder flying through the sky. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of you know something 
uh, Xavier, Professor Xavier would drive around in, except it's a tank. Yes. Hence, think tank. Mm-hmm. Paralyzer, occult, crucible. I'm moving you on to this meteorite with us. Good plan. I have a better use for the rock you were perched upon. And he throws the boulder down at the courthouse. And just then, Destiny stands up from, from the jury box. Stop, stop this farce. Everyone, out at once. I've just had a precognitive flash. A meteorite is falling on us. And then Spiral, who can, like, she has some magic about her. She's like, if I can free my arms from this confounded garment, I can weave a protective spell. But just then, the meteorite comes down. Now, Bob, the building that John Walker is on, Mm -hmm. do you see the shops that are there? One says Simon Shoe Repair, and the other one says Kirby Catering. It's got a nice, nice little homage, right? Sounds delicious. The shoe repair? <laughs> That'd be some tough leather there. But the meteorite goes right into the courthouse, and John looks at it and goes, son of a... Uh, but then, just then, the other uh, boulder with with all the, the the six different resistance on there are flying, and says, um, "I detect thoughts beneath the rubble. Some of them still live, and we'll simply have to finish them off. Prepare to disembark." And Cap throws his shield. Disembark this, and the shield hits uh, one of them in the back. Katang, hey, what's? And it's the guy with the has like the, like he's almost like shocker, right? He's got like the volts on his hands. Paralyzer, it's Captain America. Waste him. And man, does he, like, the shield's coming back to him, and he's leaping up on top of them, and you just see the shadow of his face. The only thing you see is the A, and you see his teeth. Like these, and it's it's like a it's like an evil grin, his teeth, and everything else is in shadow. So it's very, very. Uh, you could see that he's just kind of crazed, and so he's ducking underneath. He's knocking them off. He's knocking them like off to to fall to their death. But um, meteorite is able to um, to stop them from from hitting the ground. And then Think Tank, patriotic clown, you may be able to distract my teammates, but you cannot wit a man who knows your every thought, can anticipate your every move, and the tank is firing at him. Press your attack, occult. He can't fend off an assault from two directions at once. Missed. Help them. He's just one man. Watch it, occult. He maneuvered you into freeing his foot. I hadn't figured it possible. He fights like a fiend, moves without thinking. How can I? And then again, his face is all in dark and shadow. And he looks really scary. And then the, uh, the the guy with the zapper things on his hands. I can't remember his name. I think it's, I think it's Crucible. Um, and he says, uh, think you're king of the mountain, huh? Ahead? 
Well, 100 megavolt of juice stopped you last time, and I'm willing to wager it's going to do it again. And he zaps him right in the chest, and John reels back, and he and he screams in pain. But then he looks forward, and he's got that evil look on his face and, like, drool coming out of his mouth. You'd lose. And he takes him, and he throws him into the side of the building, crashing through bricks. And then he picks up another one by the throat um, and and uh, meteorite tells mist mistress to to get him with a lethal um, acid bath and he, and he drops drops one and then he but cap falls and uh, he tries to get a cult from before he he, he lands and he does. And then Mist, Mistress comes over. I can't believe it. I did what you guys couldn't. I felled the great weight. And then Cap nails her with the shield in the gut, knocking her off the boulder. Ha, you've thrown away your shield. Now let's you dodge my full facade. And Cap just dives underneath the floating avalanche. And a cult looks... Um, underneath, and again, that scary look. I've never seen Captain America so scary looking. Have you, Bob? No, I mean it's 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 very maniacal and and you know just dark, right? I mean, it's in this particular panel. Uh, you can see it's all shadows. All you see are the white slits of his eyes and his teeth. Yeah, and he throws uh, a Colt into electric wires and zaps him, and it appears to have killed him. And then he jumps back on the meteor and it's just think tank and meteorite um, think tanks firing at him with a machine gun. Um, and as Cap's dodging, uh, he ends up firing and hitting meteorite, which loses control, falls off the boulder. Uh, everybody crashes and Cap's on top of him, nailing him in the face. No one gets away, mutant. And then um, Lamar dresses a guardsman behind him, grabs his wrist. John, cool, pal. You won. He's out. They all are. Battlestar? Yep. Dudeed up like a guardsman. And then we see Freedom Force. Then we see Freedom Force uh, coming out from underneath all the rubble. And he gets yelled at. You idiot. You unmitigated idiot. You knocked them all out. That wasn't the plan. They were supposed to get away so we could follow them back to their headquarters. Man, are you going to get reamed for this? I did what I had to do. That's not good enough for anyone. You can all go, chill out, man. You did fine. The commissioner will commend you. John, what's the matter? And he looks off and he says, my parents' funeral was today. I missed it so I could do this. Damn, Rick. Yeah. That's some sacrifice right there. It really is. All right. We cut to the last issue we're covering today, which is issue 347. Uh, This one has uh, the same creative team, except uh, the colorist is changed. No longer Bob Sharon in this issue. It is being colored by Greg Wright. Uh, cover Ron Friends and Al Milgram, and it is same corner box, same uh, logo, 
Um, but we have left winger and right winger attacking, attacking John Walker's cap and they are coming at him. And just like the other two, the title is a very large um, one word uh, font that is at the bottom of the base, just like the other two uh, covers were. And this one says vengeance. All right. And solicitation for this one, Bob. When right winger and left winger exposed the new Captain America's secret identity, they caused the death of his parents. So now the new cap is looking for a right winger and left winger, and he's planning to make them pay. And this one has a cover date of November of 1988. Park Ridge, Illinois, an outer suburb of Chicago. Ding dong. And there's a there's an older lady uh, sitting there in her living room. There's a piano, TV's on, and she's drinking out of a coffee mug. It says VIP Grandma. <laughs> Actually, no, it says yeah. And uh, and the dog lifts his head at the door and goes, "Oh, now who in the world, Alfie? Were we expecting company tonight?" Think it could be Publishers Clearinghouse telling us we've won a million dollars? Now settle down. We get precious few visitors as it is. You don't want us to go scaring them away, especially if it is those sweet stakes people. Oh my God! And there's Captain America standing there. And the next page is a big splash page, and there he is just standing there on her porch. The dog's kind of like running away. Yipe, yipe, yipe. And she's, she looks horrified. And he's standing there again, shadow. And he says, Mrs. Lennox, tell your son Hector that the next time I see him, he's a dead man. Oh, God. Oh, God, my heart. Where's my nitroglycerin pills? And he just walks away. That man was dressed up like Captain America. Could have been the real guy here in Park Ridge. What could he possibly want with Hector? I better call him and tell him what he that man said. So we get to uh, Gleason's Gym in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we see left winger and right winger, otherwise known as Hector and Jerome. And they're in, the, uh, they're in their costumes, but they're in a, um, you know, uh, a boxing ring. And they're going at each other. And left winger uh, nails right winger in the mouth. And just so hard that his his mouthpiece comes out. And who's there, Bob? Who's there but our old pal Ethan Thurm. And he's looking goofy as ever. He's got a, a, a suit on. With a uh, like a brown, reddish brown suit, with a green checkered dress shirt and a yellow and red polka dotted tie, and a bowler hat, and a corsage, and a smiley pin, and he's got a bowl cut haircut, and glasses. He looks quite, quite the, quite the well. I don't know what the, yeah. Yeah. 
Should we be judgy? <laughs> no, I don't think we, we should. It still looks better than Elon Musk without a shirt. Uh, okay. Oh, I said it. Yeah, you did. Looking good, Lefty. Can barely tell you pulled it. And then he picks up uh, the the payphone on the wall. Yeah, hello. Ethan Dar, manager, promoter, and entrepreneur extraordinaire. What can I do for you? Huh? Oh, okay. Hold on. Yo, left-winger, it's Yamada. Take a breather, Jerome. Got to talk to the old lady. And he jumps uh, over the, the the ring and lands and he says, thanks, Eth. Sure, just make it quick. I'm expecting some important calls. Hey, Emma, how's it? What? Blast it. And he hangs up the phone, but he damages the phone. Oh, man. Now, how am I going to call my bookie? Uh, Hector, bad news? He threatened my mother, that swine, my mother, with her heart condition. I'll kill him for that. Who, heck? Who threatened your mom? Walker did. John Walker. Ex-buddy turned Captain Creepo America. Him? He threatened your mom? I was the one he threatened, but seeing how she doesn't know I'm super strong and all, She's really scared out of her wits for me. And old Ethan's like, wouldn't put threatening your folks past the guy, boys. Not after what happened to his folks on account of you two. After all, if you hadn't stormed the stage in Washington and revealed the new cop's identity on national TV, those redneck watchdogs wouldn't have known enough to kidnap Johnny's parents and they wouldn't have gotten themselves blown away. Hey, don't pin that rap on us. He didn't know that would happen. Besides, it was your idea to get revenge on that bill for ditching us. His best friends when he and Lamar got that stupid government gig. Well, I, I wasn't counting on John Boyd being so stupid he couldn't look after his own mom and pop. Putting the scare into my poor 60-year-old ma has gone too far. We're going to have to do more than just publicly humiliate Walker now. We got to stop him for good. Now, Bob, I just want to point this out. Does she look 60 to you? Uh, his ma? Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, uh, yeah. Grand, the VIP grandma. Does well, she look 60 to you? She did not. She she looked To me, she looked uh, a, a, maybe a, a touch older. Yeah, like in her 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a VIP grandma. Yeah. With a but, heart condition. But, but the way she was drawn and yeah. the way she acted... Yeah. Right. She looked like she was probably at least in her 70s. Right. Now, back when I was a teenager reading this, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks 60. But now, <laughs> now, now I'm at the age I am now. I, I look at that and go, oh, oh no. no, there's no way that's 60. No, no, no. no. I, I have, I have, I'm not going to say who. I have family members who are 60 and they're nothing like that. Really? Good yeah. for them. Super active, super cool. Yeah. You know? And uh sixties a new fifty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you just you're just making stuff up now. <laughs> I'm hoping anyway. Yeah. In Washington, DC, the staff room of the Commission on Superhuman Activities. We have Henry Henry Gyrich. I don't know how to pronounce that. Gyrich. Gyrich, I think. Is he a gyro or a gyro? I don't know. Yeah. Giro, a euro. We should just cut Walker loose, disavow all of his actions, and let him hang out to dry. He's unsalvageable. 
Come now, Henry. He's a trifle overzealous, but still a good soldier. The way he beat the resistance single-handedly is proof of his usefulness. And Val steps in. Well, Walker almost blew that for us. We wanted some of the resistance to escape so they could lead us back to their stronghold. Fortunately, an operative mystique was able to salvage the situation. This resistance business won't mean a thing when the news leaks out, and it will, that our new boy is responsible for the deaths of a dozen of those watchdogs. Why don't we just own up to our mistake and recommission the original Captain America, Steve Rogers? Now that he's in our custody, he may be able to cut a deal. Rogers is twice the Maverick Walker is. Useless to us. Neither of them is suitable for so important a role as Captain America. All of these renegade supertypes must be taught. They cannot act outside of society's law. What is keeping head Commissioner Rockwell? We can't decide anything until he gets here. And so here's Rockwell pointing a finger at Steve Rogers on the other side of a jail cell. Until you tell us what we need to know. My lawyer has not been to see me yet, mister. And unless our nation's laws have changed in the week you've kept me hold up, I have the right to counsel. You're in no position to make demands, Rogers. I told you your lawyer would be here in all in due time. There have been so many irregularities since I've turned myself into you people. I'm beginning to think the commission is acting without official sanction. Are you making an accusation, Rogers? There's something personal about this, isn't there? As far as I know, I've never met you before the day I turned in my original shield and uniform. But for some reason, you, wherever you work for, has something personal against me. Paranoid, aren't we? I'm late for a meeting, Rogers. Don't, but don't worry. I'll be back. I'm going to just, I have a little observation, Bob. Okay. So Steve's been there a week. Mm. Why is he still in his, the captain uniform? Why didn't they put him in like, you know, some sort of jail cell fatigues or something? Shouldn't it really smell by now? I would think, um, yeah, that, that the, the whole hygiene issue would uh, be something. Yeah, you're right. He why still don't has, they have like an orange jumpsuit or something, right? Yeah. And why do he still have his gloves on? I mean, like, I, I would take my gloves off. <laughs> yeah. At right? least, right, yeah. I mean, have you, worn, you ever wear gloves for a week? And I, I'm like, when's the last time you wore, like, Buccaneer boots for a week straight, right? Take exactly. them off. Kick, up, kick them off. His fingers got to be all shrivelly. Yep. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So he sits there on the cot and he puts his hand in his head and he's like, I wonder if I made a big mistake, not opposing the commission from the start. It wasn't that I thought the government had the moral right to strip me of being cap, but, but I did think they had the legal right. I, I also believe that the president condoned the action taken against me. Thus, Fighting the commission would be the same as waging war against the government itself. Most of my friends, the Falcon, Nomad, Bernie, try to tell me something stank about this situation the commission forced me into, but I stubbornly refused to listen. Why? Did I secretly want to stop being Captain America? Was I too tired to fight? Did I not know how to fight this one? But if I am being treated unfairly, Illegally, even. What can I do about it at this late date? In East Philadelphia, we're at a, uh, a four-story apartment building. And once again, John Walker is going up to the door 
and he says, tell your son Jerome, the next time I see him, he's a dead man. And standing there greeting him is a woman in uh, a kind of a heavy woman in a kind of a kimono type of thing. And she's got curlers. She's holding a baby. She's got another one behind her. Um, looks like she needs to shave those legs. They look a little stubby. Some attention to detail. All right. Yeah. What? You mean that little snot ain't dead yet? Look, Mr. Tights. Why don't you go tell his good-for-nothing father? He may give a flying fig for Jerry, but I sure as heck don't. And she slams the door so hard, Bob, that the three and the 306 on the door <laughs> starts to, to come off and swing. Yeah. And John just stands there stoically looking. In Alexandria, Virginia, wonder what John is doing tonight. It's Lamar, and he's taking a history test. I'm really worried about the dude. I thought his victory against the resistance would pep him up. But nope, he just hasn't been himself since his folks bought it. There I go, let my thoughts wander again. I've got to concentrate. I'm never going to make it out of here. Let's see. The United States declared its independence on what date? That's easy. July 4th, 1776. How many amendments in the Constitution? Uh-oh. Was it 21 or 22? Which one is it, Bob? I have no idea. I don't know either. Yeah. Now, uh, on the desk here, Bob, you notice anything? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it's got Rico. Uh, let's see. Uh, school's out. KD uh, plus ST. Yeah, I'm thinking that's Kieran Dwyer. Uh-huh. Right, maybe with uh -huh. his girlfriend or his wife at the time. Yeah. I don't know. That's nice. Yeah, right. A nice little touch. Yeah, I wonder who. I, I, I'm assuming maybe Kieran drew that, but who knows? Maybe the letterer Jack Morelli did. I I don't know, but I would, look I would, at that! Look at that bad language on the back of the chair. I know somebody wrote "darn." Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> what does E13 stand for? It stand for something, right? Oh, and it's cool. Lamar's wearing a, a Spider-Man t-shirt. Which of the fallen men were never president? Thomas Jefferson, Calvin Coolidge, or Ben Franklin? I bet you there'll be people out there who get that wrong. Probably so. But right? it's, it's comforting to know Lamar got it right. Yeah. I bet you there's a lot of people out there who would think Ben Franklin was president, but he wasn't. Which is sad. What country sold the United States to the Louisiana Purchase? Um, and then it says, uh, okay, class, put your pencils down and pass your papers forward. Oh, man. Hope if I, I hope I pass this final. If I do, a high school diploma will be mine. Uh, Bob, do you know the answer? Who? Uh, what country sold the United States to the Louisiana Purchase? It was France, wasn't it, Rick? Uh, that's what I remember. Yeah. And then somebody was playing um, Hangman. On the, they sure were on the on the chalkboard. Later, ten thousand feet over Nevada, and there is a uh, air train. Really didn't have to tag along, Ethan. We're big boys. We can handle ourselves. And there's, um, Hector and Jerome. 
Yes, thank you. I keep forgetting your names. Hector and Jerome sitting uh, on a plane and coach, and then Ethan's in the middle. Nonsense, Hector. You two are my most valued clients. And uh, Jerome thinks to himself, only <laughs> ones too. Where you go, I go. That's what a manager's for. Johnny does threaten my pop. Like, we figure he's gonna. We're gonna make sure it's the last thing that slime ball ever does. Uh, you do mean that figuratively, don't you, Heck? I mean, I could post your bail for disrupting the peace now and then, but murder charges? Relax, chubs. All we want to do is stop him from threatening our folks. If he gets uppity and forces us to kill him, it'll be a simple matter of self-defense. Meanwhile, in a federal prison in northern Algeria. Uh, so here we are in Algeria, Bob. And mm -hmm. um, there is a prison. It's the second two floors. And the Algerian guards are all dressed in like uh, green. And they have caps on. And they have pistols. But then these militant uh, people are coming in. They got like camouflage pants. They got flak jackets. They're all wearing red berets and sunglasses. And they have machine guns. So the guards are outgunned. And they're getting slaughtered. Um, they break open the cell. And there's an old guy there. Uh he looks to be in his 70s, maybe older, and um, he's in uh, prison fatigues, but they're ripped. So he's been there a while, and there's even a rat. And he's he's kind of bald. He's got, like, white temples, and he's like, what is all the commotion? Who are you? Speak, or I'll kill. Rescue party, sir. It's about time. I have been rotting in this cell for months. This way. And they, they make it out. He grabs uh, one of the machine guns and starts firing. This swine will be needing this. Per choppers this way, comrade. Stop them. Malik must not get away. Malik? That name sounds familiar. Bob. There does. Albert Malik. Yeah. We know who he is, don't we? Well, maybe the listeners don't. Well, he is the Red Skull of the 1950s, Rick. And if you recall, he was the hidden hand behind the deaths of Peter Parker's parents. That's correct. Yeah. So while uh, Johann Schmidt was sleeping, sleeping from the gas, this was the Russian uh, military man who took over the guise of the Red Skull to... Um, for his, you know, the, for, for Russia's sake, like mm -hmm. right, he, was, he was doing it. Um, he was one of those red commies, right? In the, mm -hmm. Back in the 50s. Run for it, sir. We'll hold these devils back. Yes. Yes, you do that, men. And he gets into the helicopter. In you go, sir. Unhand me, you idiot. I am not some invalid. No disrespect intended. Your weight will only slow us down, mercenary dog. And he kicks the guy off the helicopters, takes off. And they're firing at it, but um, doesn't, doesn't, you know, they can't get him. So it's just him and the pilot. And he, and he's looks maniacal. We have made it. I am free again. Ha ha. There's not a prison in the world that can hold me. 
I am just too cunning, too ingenious, too well prepared for the likes of my opposition, my mask pilot. Where is, and he points to a box. Yes, yes. That American archer and his insipid cronies thought they'd put me away for good. The arrogant fools. But no, it was just a temporary setback. And uh, that's referring to Solo Avengers 6 with Hawkeye. Yeah. And then he puts on the Red Skull mask. And once again, I assume the mantle of the Red Skull. And unlike that preening Nazi who originated the role, I, Albert Malik, shall have the last laugh on my enemies. While he scurried about launching one ridiculous master plan after another, I toiled in anonymity, establishing one of Europe's largest criminal empires. But when I learned that the original skull had finally died, I decided to resume his identity, an identity I first assumed in the 1950s while he was in hiding. When did uh, Red Skull die? Oh, in the classic cap, uh, number 300, Rick. That was. We'll have to cover that someday. Mm -hmm. Oh, Comrade Malik, I have something else here for you. Cretin, you henceforth address me as... Eh? And he turns. And he gets shot right through the center, which lands, throws him out of the helicopter. So it's a killing blow, and then he falls to, to his death. And what does the pilot say? Justice is served. Bob, that was the first appearance of Scourge. Was it really? Yes. Interesting. I did not know that. So then uh, Mr. Douglas is now uh, back talking to the person on the large screen. And again... Uh, in the red shadow, smoking that cigarette on the long cigarette holder. And then uh, Commissioner Rockwell is sitting there on the phone talking with the mystery man that is on the screen. It's in red shadow, and he's, again, smoking that, that cigarette in the long cigarette holder. That I'm under a lot of pressure here, sir. The others, commission members, are getting suspicious. Oh, about what, Douglas? About Steve Rogers, sir. I've been holding him over a week now, and the commission wants to know what I'm going to do with him. If you could just tell me what your ultimate plan is for him, sir, I'd, I'd happily go about expediting it. I told you before, Douglas. I will disclose that to you when I want you to know it, and not a moment before. But, but, but sir, now you must excuse me. I have a call on the other line. Yes? Ah, Scourge. I was expecting your call. You've eliminated him. Excellent. Carry on. And then he laughs maniacally. Outside Dallas, Texas, uh, we see uh, Cap going to, uh, John Walker, that is, uh, walking into a construction site. And he walks up to one of the um, the older men there. Are you Jack Johnson? Uh, yes, uh, that's me. Tell your son 
the next time I see him, he's a dead man. Huh? Uh, sure, I I'll tell him. Got a message for me, little boy Blue? Give it to me yourself. And then we see Jerome come down and nail uh, Cap, but he dives out of the way. And there's a nice panel here with like four different Caps in the same panel. So he's kind of, you know, rolling with the punch. And then left ringer and right ringer show up. Oh, I'm sorry, Captain Johnny. Did that miss you? We ain't gonna. Oh, Bob. In this next panel, that's scary looking. That John is, Walker. That, that's yeah. That that's one that uh, has snapped. And and before Bob, remember all those times we were talking about his face being in shadow, right? This one is not. This one you can see his face, and you can see his teeth, and you can see his gums, and he's drooling, and his eyes look maniacal. Hector Jerome, I was hoping you'd drop by. And then he punches both of them at the same time. And he picks one up and he throws him into a bunch of barrels. Next. Next, I'm taking you apart, pal of mine. And he gets hit with a lead, a really long, long, long lead pipe. And he falls face down and he's bleeding. Not bad, Hector. I almost felt that. You ain't going to be feeling nothing when I'm through with you, Johnny. And he swings and misses, and then next time he swings and he hits his shield. But Johnny grabs the pole, and he throws him, just flings him. But then he's hitting the back with a barrel. You're not going to win this one, Johnny. There's two of us and only one of you. You knock one of us down, we just get back up again. And while one of us is recovering, the other one is wailing on you. Like so. And he punches him really hard, so hard that blood comes out of his mouth and then again in the gut jerome be willing to stop this johnny out of respect for our past friendship you just have to lay off harassing our folks but me uh-uh i want you mangled and bleeding and then he hits him in the back of the head knocks him down but jap john then goes up and does a scissor uh grab around his neck and takes him and pulls him forward where he goes face first really hard into the ground. And again, a maniacal look on his face. And then he does it, just kicks him. He always did talk great fight, Hector. But he turns around, and there's uh, Jerome with uh, uh, driving a, a semi-truck coming at him. Want to play chicken, Capo? Sure. Hey, he ain't moving. And he dives underneath the truck, but the truck keeps on going. And the flammable truck hits um, and crashes, and, and now it's leaking fuel. Don't panic, Jerome. I'll get you out. And he pulls him by the hair out. And he punches him. And he keeps punching him. John, give me a. A break? Were you going to ask me to give you a break? I am. Crazy buzzard. What's keeping him going? Enough of this horseplay. I'm going to torch him. And Hector reaches in, or Jerome reaches in and grabs uh, his, his liberty torch and lights it and f slashes his back. And then Cap 
grabs his wrist. Drop it or I'll break your wrist. Okay. And then he punches him. Because of you two, my mom and pa died. Killing you is not going to bring them back. But I'm going to anyway. No, John, come on, please. Didn't mean that to happen. Show a little mercy. Yes, I will show you mercy. And then a little time passes and the two of them are tied up together with a rope and they're upside down hanging from something. And did I mention before the fuel was leaking? Well, the torch he throws on the ground and the fuel is leaking towards the torch. And at some point, it's going to connect. Here's your other torch back. With any luck, you'll be able to burn your way through that cable before the other torch ignites this oil tank. He's gone total psycho. I got my arm free. I think I can reach the... And as John's walking away, there's a huge explosion behind him. Badoom! And then we just see a small smile on John's face. But then he's back to being stoic. The end. Dang, Rick, that that last third of this book is crazy. I know. This is uh this is really, really heated up. This is like intense violence. It is. Yeah. yeah. Unusual in the eighties. Uh, even at this late stage in the 80s. But uh, really an intense narrative though, right? I mean, you feel it. Yeah. You know, we've seen this journey of John Walker, right? You know, as an arrogant guy who who thinks, you know, he, he just wants publicity. And then he gets the role of a lifetime of the person he was mocking. And then he realizes as he's going through it, a really hard job to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on him. And then he starts to question, you know, the commission starts to question, you know, his allies. Uh, and then now, now he's outed. Uh, his parents get killed. And he's on the, on the cusp of losing his job. It's been quite the journey for him. Yeah, yeah. Careful what you ask for. Exactly. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you got Steve and the journey he's been on. And he seems to have continued to be keep questioning whether or not he made the right choice mm-hmm. in giving up being cap. Or even questioning what was his motive for doing that? You know, did he really want to be no longer be cap? So now, now we're there, right? Yep. Falcon's back where he needs to be. D-Man's in jail. Jack's off drunk somewhere. Vagabond, I think she's she's with uh, you know in jail with D-Man. Diamondback has escaped with Sidewinder, and now he's on his own. So it's coming to it's coming to a a big fruition here. It's coming to a big uh, close. And so we'll cover the end. We're going to cover the last three issues of this story, which is issues 348, 349, and 350, which is the big anniversary issue, the big revelation. Mm -hmm. And that will be the end of our eight-part series. And this is the Captain Part 5. So come back. And that will be an episode, Bob, 
101. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I triple, know. Di- triple digits, man. Yeah. Then uh, for next episode, Bob, episode 97, we're going to take a visit to volume four. A little, uh, well, I guess we have. We have done done one arc from volume four before, right? So, yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's not a very often discussed uh, volume, um, but it deserves some love. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to do the last four issues of volume four, which came out in 2004. And it's uh, issues 29 through 32 so we'll do those four issues we're going to do it the new style right we're not going to go panel by panel Mm -hmm. so don't worry it's not going to be forever um but we thought that was a fun four issue story arc um that was actually uh written by robert kirkman you're like robert kirkman isn't he the guy who created walking dead and Mm -hmm, and -hmm. invincible yep yep he sure is yeah there was a stint there that he worked for marvel and uh this is uh this was his four issues that he did. Um, this was the same, just to paint the time period, Bob, this was the same time period where uh, Avengers disassembled was going on by Brian Michael Bendis, mm-hmm. uh, where the team was getting broken down. And so this is a tie-in with that time period. It's called Captain America disassembled. Got it. So, I'm excited. I can't wait to do this uh, this arc. I can't wait to uh, to dive a little bit into Volume Four and 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 hopefully expose some people to uh, some of the stories in that volume uh, that maybe they haven't uh, haven't read before. Yeah, it's going to be real fun. It's going to be uh, just a, a real race between all these. You know, Red Skull's going to be in it. You know, Mister Hyde, uh, Batroc, Hydra uh diamondback Diamondback, definitely nick fury yeah all-star all-star cast in this in that story so we'll come back uh, and do that one with next episode in uh episode 97 okay bob we're gonna do favorite panel t-shirt worthy and time capsule all right you get to start uh with the uh favorite panel which one was it all right you know it's this is a this is a this is like sort of one of those toss-ups between t-shirt and favorite panel um you know there's so many to pick from and i know you know i love those ones in uh in issue 347 that had uh you know sort of the multiple the the long page width narrow panel uh with him going through different movements i think those are fabulous but i i like that one in uh in 346 where he's he uh cap is is has just chucked the shield toward the reader and he's he's yelling disembark this Mm. Uh, i do love that i think that's that shows great motion Uh, i love the look on his face uh he clearly is super super upset um, and I just, I just love how he's following through on the motion of throwing the shield. So I'm going to go with that as my favorite panel. Like it. I like that a lot. My favorite panel is in issue 345. It's page five, panel four. And it is the one where he's got multiple things where he's jumping. So it's, it's, um, essentially it's a, um, Steve as the captain, and he's 
he's jumping up onto the Lincoln Memorial oh, uh, yeah. shoulder. Yeah. And there's like one, two, three, four, five, six different versions, but they're all cool angles. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like that one. That's, that's, that's definitely my favorite panel. Beautiful. Good choice. So what do we got next? We got t-shirt worthy next. Yes. Rick, you want to go t-shirt worthy? All right, Bob. So for t-shirt worthy, I, I'm going to go against what I normally would do. Ooh. Uh, I normally go with Steve or something like that, but uh-huh. I haven't done John Walker yet. Okay. I think I'm going to do John Walker, but it's the one where he has the maniacal look on his face and it's not in shadow and his face is drooling. Okay. Yeah. And he says, Hector Jerome, I was hoping you'd drop by. Uh-huh. And there's Man. and there's red colored behind him, yeah, which is just really a strong color for that mood. Uh, that would be, I think that would get some. If I had that on my t-shirt, yeah, I think I would turn some heads. Yeah, don't wear it around small children. I know, right? Yeah, keep yeah. walking, Johnny. <laughs> don't make eye contact. Don't look at the strange man. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm going to go even like further off the beaten path, Rick. And I'm going to tell you that I want a t-shirt that has uh, the logo for King Kirby beer on. Oh, you know, I, I love that. Yeah. Wouldn't that I be cool? That. It really would. Or Simon's Roadhouse, you know, that would, those uh, are vintage t-shirts. I think that'd be pretty cool. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. I'd buy that t-shirt. Yeah. Who wouldn't, right? Who doesn't yeah. want a strong man beer? Strongman yeah. beer, right? <laughs> uh, I uh, all right. So for time capsule, what do you got for time capsule? I, I gotta go with I gotta go with uh, Steve, the captain on the payphone, Rick. Yeah, issue three forty five, hooking his attaché case up, you know, hooking the modem up to the the public payphone mm-hmm. with his green screen. Uh, I, I just I, I green screen computer screen I love that you know okay that that screams 1980s technology right and there. you can just hear the modem in the background yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all right so for time capsule I'm going to go with issue 346 and it's actually page uh, 14 and it's the mock trial. And um, during the mock trial, um, Stonewall gets a little upset because he wanted to object. And they ask him, what are you objecting to? And he goes, well, on L.A. law. Ah. <laughs> right. Which was very late 80s. Yeah. Right. That was a great. I mean, did you watch L.A. law? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It was a top top show uh was that corbin bernson yeah jimmy smith you know those some of those people uh anyway so very much late 80s uh reference there la law so that goes into my time capsule i got something for you rick oh yeah baby the night the lights went out in georgia oh. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. That was now that song's in my head. That's a classic. Go back and listen to it, Rick. It's a it's a it's a fun song. I except will... except for her brother gets executed and you know 
she gets away with murder. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's the 70s. Uh, all right, Bob. Well, listen, it has been so much fun wrapping cap with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is this is these are three great issues, and I can't wait to get to the next three. Absolutely. All right. Well, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbanis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book. All right. So come on back next episode ninety seven. We'll be visiting two thousand and four. Uh, with a Robert Kirkman story. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, until that time, Bob, you have yourself a great week. And listeners, uh, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? That <laughs> dude pulling Admiral Stockdale there. Uh, yeah, well, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has, Rick. Well, you know what? I think we're probably going to do this again real soon, and I'm looking forward to it. Indeed. I am totally looking forward to it as well, my friend. So he's he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. You have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Cap. <laughs> and... He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America. Oh, God. All right. I just need to end this.